So today we have with us Amir Ahmad, and I'm really, really pleased that we're going to be able to talk about authenticity and what it means to you. And so thank you very much for coming along and chatting with us, and probably most importantly, for being frank because the most important thing about these podcasts is that people have chosen to come along and be honest. Um, and that's not always a, an easy thing to do in this kind of climate. So thank you very much. And Amir is a non-exec director at East London Foundation Trust. And so an ideal person to kind of fish around in, in you know, your brain. It would be great to see what we can get out of the conversation. So, Amir, shall we start? Shall I kind of ask the first question that we've got? Yes, kick off, yeah. Okay. So when you were first approached about doing this podcast, what made you think it might be a useful project to be part of? Um, well, I think questions about leadership and leadership styles and how people are at work, um, I think are just so relevant. Uh, they They really, I think... There's a lot of debate in our culture about the type of leadership we want, um, the, the ways that we go through um, recruiting people and the, and how we promote diversity. So I think it's been something that's been really close to my heart. And actually, in the last couple of years at my trust, um, we've had to recruit a CEO, a COO, uh, a, two chairs. Um, mm -hmm. So I've um, really been, and I've, that's a process I've been very involved in, and um, it's made me really think about what type of leader we're looking for. And actually, quite, we've had lots of really interesting debates about what a, what a, you know, what type of CEO we want to have for our organisation. Um, and I think that's been really, really interesting to try and open that discussion up and really think about what that means uh, and what what type of leadership, what leadership styles there are, and what's suitable for an organisation that we want to try and um, grow and and the sort of organisation we aspire to work in. Thank you. No, that that's really interesting that you've been through that process multiple times, because I think doing it once you get some learning, but doing it multiple times, I'm sure that learning has has been kind of has grown exponentially. The next thing that I was thinking about as you were talking, uh, which is the kind of main topic for these conversations, is around authenticity. And I wonder if you could tell us, but, but you know, your own perception, but also your from your learning most recently, how important do you think authenticity is in a leadership role? Um, I think it's it's super important, but I think I would broaden that context in terms of because I think one of the things is that the phrase authenticity can be used in lots of different ways. So mm -hmm. people that aren't thinking about it, it sounds a little bit when you first listen to the word as a leader can just be themselves, whatever it is, warts and all. Yeah. And that really isn't how I, I take it. That's not how I look at it. What I look at is that we want our teams to have a genuine open form of collaboration. We want to, we want our teams and our leaders to work transparently, to be listening, to be honest, and for people within their teams and themselves not to have to play roles, not to have to play, not mm. to have to have the sort of code switching that some people have to do when they mm. go from a home environment to a work environment. So I think it's it's uh, about leaders in creating that environment where people can be themselves and not just the leader to be authentic, but also leaders creating an environment where people as themselves, as being authentic is something that's valued and something that's cherished. 
um, so that people can come into those environments and they can feel like uh, I can be myself and my myself in my contribution, which is different to all of my uh, co-workers, is something yeah. that's valued. Yeah. And I guess the point right at the beginning that you made really kind of stuck with me, that sense of authenticity, not just bringing everything to work and being anything you want to be at any time. Um, and of course, in terms of emotional intelligence, that sense of being self-aware and self-regulating at the same time as authentic, that can be quite a challenge, can't it? Yes, it can. I mean, I think it comes down to what you value in terms of the leaders that we want. So when you think of when people think of leaders, typically they think of a sort of, you know, command and control, somebody, you know, directing the troops. And, and we sometimes use these metaphors. Um, and I think it's really important to stop and think about how those sorts of metaphors that we use. But for me, um, leadership is about listening. It's about understanding. It's about bringing and harnessing the talents of your team. It's not about you as a leader directing and controlling what's going on. Um, all our organizations are too big for one person to be able to do that. And it wouldn't be a good use of people's talents if you did. So mm -hmm. I think what's really important for me is that authentic leaders uh, allow their teams to flourish. They allow their teams to um, bring thoughts and ideas and ways of thinking that are different to the, to the leader themselves, because authenticity applies to everybody, not just the leader, but applies to everybody to be allowed to be authentic. So I, I think it's, you know, it, it encompasses more than just um, uh, being true to yourself. Obviously, that is part of what it is. So you're not playing a role. We're not we're not engaging in power games or in that sort of stuff. But we are people that are being allowing everybody to be true to themselves, allowing everybody to be, uh, you know, bring their whole selves to work. You know, bring not having to. Uh, change or hide parts of what they're about or, um, you know, uh, having to fit in to a, to a culture, but actually the culture is diverse enough to, to include everybody. Mm. And of course, that whole, you know, that whole ethos leads us to the next point, which is around um, being part of an LGBTQI world. Um, and I know absolutely that that each person fitting into to any of those areas are unique and individual with their own story. But I wonder what your story is in terms of your own navigation through authenticity, emotional intelligence as a leader, and also being part of that wider community. Well, I think it's it's a it's a really big challenge uh, for our community that the, for people coming in in terms of authenticity, and I think it can be it can be something that um, can be a burden actually on somebody to say, look, I have to be authentic, and I think it's not up to the individual. I think it's up to the culture to allow authenticity. It's up to the culture to say we encourage it and we welcome it. To say to people, you have to be authentic. Um, when they feel like, uh, hang on a minute, I'm not sure that the environment that I'm in is something that's going to value my diversity, and it's something that's that's going to going to be something that I'm, you know, going to be welcome. I think it's the wrong way around. So I think it's really important that we have a culture that we create first of all, where people feel that they're allowed to be who they are. They're not going to be judged for it. So within our community, we've all had at many times, you know, had to make a decision about how much we share uh, about our lives. Um, things that 
normal you know, heterosexual people normally would not have to worry about at all. They would just say, you know, I was away. What do you do at the weekend? I did this, 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 this. And we've all had, you know, as, as you know, as a as a gay man, I've had that many times. Many, you know, that there are things in our stories that we are not sure whether we're allowed to change. So I think it's really important, first of all, to say that authenticity for us is about feeling welcome to be authentic, not about uh, being a burden that we have to do or something that we we should be doing this. We should, you know, actually no, it should be the organisation that should be saying that they want us to be like that, that they want us to be open and they're welcoming that story. So I think I've had to probably personally um, often had to balance that up. Every time you have a conversation, you 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 make you think about: Do I want to share part of myself? Will I be judged for it? Will I? Will there people that will think something differently about me? You know, how much do I want to share, and how much do I want to keep private? So I've, you do have to you come across that boundary, that hesitation. Um, I've always sort of said, right, I'm just going to go for it and I'm going to push push through <laughs> it. It's not an easy decision to make. And it's not something that I think everybody can equally do. I'm always quite, I'm quite bullshy and quite, you know, I enjoy being a bit of a troublemaker, uh, but not everybody does. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I've always sort of said, you know, I've tried to navigate those things by saying, I, I want to be true to myself and I will be, you know, as I am. Um, but it is a constant battle to a certain extent to understand how to think about how much you want to share and it's only in organizations where you can see that that is valued and you can see that people are allowed to bring them tr the true selves to themselves that that it really becomes something that it becomes natural and easy to do so i think it's, st it's still a very difficult thing for a lot of organizations to really welcome and really achieve yeah and that whole sense of things being designed around a more heteronormative um, approach where anything other has to almost be a choice to say or or kind of something that's subtly kept under wraps. Um, you know, the, the most powerful thing that I really took from what you were saying then was about the organisation's responsibility to create a culture where people can feel safe enough to be themselves rather than individuals having to hold that pressure and that burden. And it's about making a psychologically safe organisation, isn't it? That ability to enable people to feel safe if they're themselves. Absolutely. And, that's exactly right. And, and, and yeah. also not just safe. I think as safe is the bare minimum. And then it, then above that is to say, and valued. And actually people yes. are interested and actually really care about you as you truly are. Um, yes. And that means that when you have, you know, when you have difficult times, you're able to share. Actually, I've got something, something's happened, something's happened at home or something's happened that I can talk about because I know that my organization will value that and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that and will support me. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it is, it is really um, absolutely up to uh, organizations to be really honest with themselves as well about what they try to do. And there's a lot of cultures that people wouldn't realize, you know, their cultural norms that organizations can have that make people feel excluded or make people worry about how mm. much they can share and how they fit in and what they do. Um, I mean, today I'm really, you know, really reflecting on Azim Rafiq's um, uh, testimonials about racism within uh, Yorkshire County cricket. And it's really, you know, it was just, a, you know, you can see that sort of culture where people were expected to be a certain way and to be anything other was something you didn't fit in. And even he felt that he couldn't be himself. He had to fit in and he had to try and 
you know, accommodate across that. So, and that happens all the time. And those those cultures are are everywhere. And we've got to be careful that they um, they're cultures that we challenge because that can happen even if um, you, it's not explicit and it's not something that is um, you know say at the top or in the board level. It can happen within teams. It can happen at certain areas and certain departments. And it's very easy for those cultures to become entrenched where you know there is a sort of a normative way of behaving and anybody other is excluded or marginalized and so it's really really important that we're honest about how we um uh, how our cultures are throughout the organization yeah absolutely i completely agree and that although we're talking about the communities that, that that we're part of in terms of LGBTQI, it speaks just the same around so many other groups of people in our workplaces, as you say, and and it's about that humanity, isn't it? The the, the kind of embracing of authenticity and the understanding of difference because that understanding of difference makes things so much richer and therefore so much more successful. So I've got one last question for you. And this, I think, is the trickiest. And it's the kind of thing you'd see on um, children's telly. But I, I do love this question. And it's about what would you say, what advice would you give to a younger person in your situation? So maybe a younger gay man coming up through leadership ranks within an organisation. What advice would you give them? Um, I think being true to yourself and being, being um, having taking a little bit of a step. I think there is a two way thing here where Certainly, you've got to find the right organizations where you and the right cultures where you feel you can fit in and being really careful about companies and organizations you work for where you feel you can fit in. But also having a little bit of confidence to try and take the first step and try and move forward and build, build, you know, build networks, build relationships within your organization as well. Because I think it's really important to be able to feel like you have support around you. So I would always be interested in, you know, any organization to say, do you have a network of people? Do you have a you know LGBT network? Do you have other people that you can go and talk to? Um, start to build those networks. Start to feel like you're not alone because I think that's one of the things that's the most diff- tricky thing is that you know in many organisations you may feel like I'm the only voice here or I don't know you know how, how much I you know can is a, a can I be strong enough to mm-hmm. come out to be myself to share who I am and mm-hmm. I think you need support in that. So I think you know it's being confident enough to go and find that support, talk to people, uh, bring that to, you know bring that out, so that you have the ability to be able to say um, you know this is who I am and this is what, and, and have that confidence um, mm-hmm. because I think it's a tricky thing. I think it's very tricky. I could never say to anybody what to do in what situation because it is a very personal thing about how they respond and 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 in the environment that they're in um and to make it you know to to do that i personally have tried you know said that i couldn't uh i I wouldn't want to be in an organization where i felt that i couldn't be my my true self and so that has made a difference in terms of where i wanted to work you know definitely has made a difference in terms of the types of cultures that i'd like to work in and the ones i wouldn't want to work in Mm. um so I have made those choices because I think that I wouldn't feel comfortable working in an environment where I didn't think that my diversity was valued, you know, or that I couldn't yes. be who I was. Um, and uh, and and that and and 
compartmentalizing my life to being work and not at work was something that I just couldn't do. And I, and I, you know, it takes a lot of mental strain. There's very interesting things about, you know, code switching, you know, that that's definitely happened within the BAME community as well, where yes. more people are feeling like, you know, what part of the reason why there's some, you know, things about working from home and working in the office and, you know, some people, some some members of the BAME community feeling like they're much happier working from home because they haven't had to code switch when they go to the office and haven't had to be, you know, fit into a normal environment. And that's really, really sad, I think. I, I think that's a real sad indictment of those organizations that they that people feel like when they come to work, they have to be a different person. So yes. I would very much encourage that people, you know, be think about the organization cultures you want to work in and the organizations you work in so that you feel comfortable and you can feel you can be yourself within that organization. Yeah. And the other two things that I think are worth, you know, saying is take homes. The second one that you said was around find allies, find others, um, you know, find people who can get alongside you um, and finally recognise that the kind of culture that you work in, if it's not healthy for you, it's probably not healthy for others. And the people from BAME communities and other communities are also probably struggling with some of the same issues that you are. Amir, thank you so much. Um, I can't believe how quick quickly that's passed in terms of our time together. Um, I've learned so much. It's been a real joy talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed.